Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down all the District 3 highlights, 5A all the way down to 1AD2, week in, week out in the Treasure Valley. My name is Brandon Bainey. We are joined by Logan Green, as always. Logan, what's up? How you doing? Hey, Brandon. Good, good. Uh, it, was, it was fun to get back into sports last week. <laughs> yes, I feel like we have a little bit of a contrast here. You can, uh, of course, listen to this podcast at IdahoSports.com, as well as wherever you download podcasts. You can watch the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube page. Also, our Facebook page uh, is... Uh, a place you can go for these uh, prep casts. And if you're watching the video version of this, you'll see I'm kind of in a, you know, a well-lit room, the sun's shining <laughs> a little bit through the window. Logan, meanwhile, is in a dark place. Here, how's <laughs> yeah. that? Is that better? Yeah, there, there you go. We got a little light going now. <laughs> yes. Uh, of course, I'm just giving you a hard time, Logan. I like um, to be in the dungeon. <laughs> that's right. So, it was a busy opening week of activity. We had golf, we had football, we had boys and girls soccer, uh, volleyball and cross country get started this weekend. Fall sports, always the busiest time of the year with the most activities available for a student athlete to choose from. So let's start with what happened on the soccer pitch. And I want to start specifically, we are recording this Wednesday morning, August 23rd. I want to start with a match that was played last night, Tuesday night, August 22nd on the boys side. Bishop Kelly traveling to Caldwell. We got an email from a Bishop Kelly fan, Logan, uh, talking about um, some of the statewide roundtables we did last summer. And uh, he is originally from Jerome, and now he is a parent at Bishop Kelly. So he sees both sides of the BK coin. And he said, I kind of enjoyed BK being the heel to all of your guys's, um, you know, conversations sure. uh, that you have. Um, he said he definitely understands. Um, but he wanted to highlight this soccer match. Um, Caldwell and Bishop Kelly are the last two state champions in boys soccer at the 4A level, and they've been the premier programs for the last, I don't know, four or five years at least. They always seem to be mm -hmm. right there in the mix. Uh, they met for the championship last fall, came down to penalty kicks. Caldwell won on PK, so the Cougars are your reigning champions. Um, Caldwell did graduate a lot in the off season, but their program is so big Logan that they have not one, but two JV teams. <laughs> so they have a JV one right. and a JV two. So they've got plenty coming up the pipeline. Whereas BK also had this year, it's highest turnout ever for boys soccer. And so Bishop Kelly is loaded with all these seniors. And last year was supposed to be the quote unquote rebuild year. And they got all the way to the championship. So, Oh yeah. my gosh, if it's not a rebuild year, what's BK going to do? Um, they knocked out undefeated Sandpoint at state last year, uh, the number one overall seed. Um, so this was the matchup Caldwell Bishop Kelly, big thanks to Oscar class, uh, Bishop Kelly fan and parent for sending in, uh, an email. And he wanted us to talk about this match, Logan, and it definitely lived up to the hype. Caldwell gets the win last night, two to one. It was a zero zero contest at halftime, which means all of the activity occurred in the second half. What a game. Yeah, you can't beat that. And and you mentioned the rivalry, right? A lot of times in some sports you see, especially one fan base saying, is it a rivalry uh, if we just beat you all the time, right? And th this is not one of those, right? This is one where they, they've beaten each other. Um, it seems like maybe Caldwell has gotten the uh, upper leg when it matters, right? Like in a state championship situation, at least <laughs> coming last year. Um, so Bishop Kelly really wants to get that win and, and Caldwell wants to keep them down. Right. That's, that's kind of the attitude between those two and uh, Caldwell. Yeah. Big win. And what a way to start your season, right. To start with that game. It's kind of, it's kind of Duke and Carolina don't start off playing week zero, right. You know, the, the, the first game of the year, uh, Ohio state, Michigan don't play then. So it's kind of interesting that they played the first game of the year. Yeah, they um, both kind of warmed up with a match uh, over the weekend of competition. Bishop Kelly is actually one and one and one on the season. Uh, the Knights uh, tied Timberline. Uh, they played Timberline to a draw on Friday to open their season one to one. Then they got a two nothing win over Owyhee on Saturday. 
and then the loss to Caldwell. So Bishop Kelly's literally got a win, a loss, and a tie. Caldwell is one and one as well. They got the win over Bishop Kelly last night, of course, and they actually dropped their season opener to Wood River four to two, which, you know, was a little bit of an eye opener, I think, statewide. I think um, that was a game that uh, they had to travel to Wood River, which Mm -hmm. is not an easy place to get to right up there in the Sun Valley. Yeah, um, it was a nice bounce back for Caldwell as well. Yeah, it's because those two have been the better programs in the state right and and you can't it's hard to to say you can't count last year right it has no effect on this year um and the years before that they have no you know weight on this season um but you got to think that uh you know first game like you said you go on a road trip somewhere where you're not used to playing people you're not used to playing against and maybe just weird stuff happen but man credit to wood river that's a huge win for them uh to put up to put up four goals alone on caldwell uh historically has got i'd like to look at it when's the last time somebody scored four goals on caldwell that's uh that alone is a feat um but then to to take care of business too so credit to them but both teams look to be okay you know beating owyhee owyhee tied um eagle as well earlier eagle beat middleton so it's uh, there's a lot of uh mix up going on right now in sic soccer of well i beat them they beat me they beat you you know whoever and it's just uh it's already a mess in, in week one yeah for sure um caldwell uh beat bishop kelly every time they played last year we talked about the state championship uh they met in districts caldwell won two nothing Caldwell won the two regular season matchups, one nothing and two nothing. So this gives you an idea of how close these mm-hmm. matches have been. Uh, the last time Bishop Kelly got the upper hand on Caldwell uh, was two years ago at state. They beat the Cougars two to one. Um, and so outside of that, Caldwell now on a five game winning streak against the Bishop Kelly Knights. Um, so we will wait in anticipation for the rematch. You know, we had the first round pretty early on in the season. Caldwell got the host. The rematch will come Thursday, September 14th, Logan at Bishop Kelly. So there you go. It's Circle that, that on the away. old calendar. A couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and think about it. That could decide the, the four a yeah. SIC race right there by middle of September. Yeah, pretty interesting. It, you know, based on what we've seen, it, it, that might be the case. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, other highlights from the boys' soccer landscape. Columbia is off to a 1-0 start. They beat Emmett 4-1 last night in their season and conference opener. So Columbia and Caldwell right now and Ridgeview are all tied for first. They're all 1-0. Ridgeview picked up a nice win over Skyview three to one after dropping a match to Mountain View four to one. So uh, of course these standings will change quite a bit as the season progresses, but that's how the four a landscape is looking. If we look at five a right now, you've got five teams that are currently undefeated. Logan Centennial Meridian Timberline are all two and O including one and O in league play uh, Boise and Eagle are one and O and one. So they're, undefeated right they haven't lost but they haven't won all their matches um mm-hmm. i think coming into the season you you look at timberline historically has been a strong program boise is always very strong i think eagle people might be sleeping on a little bit as well eagle played uh last night and played a tough draw with a yahe 2-2 yeah they beat middleton as well earlier in the week on a penalty kick in the second half that was that broke the the 1-1 tie Middleton hit the post twice in the final five minutes of that one could have been a different story, but yeah, Eagle gets the win there. So they're off to a good start. Yeah. Uh, that, the, that's what makes soccer such a great game, right? Uh, the post, uh, you can come that close between scoring a goal and having it clank off and right. Yeah. Game of inches for sure. Um, at the three, a level in boys soccer, uh, from the opening weekend, uh, we saw Fruitland uh, go one and zero. McCall Donnelly is one and zero and one, and nobody else has played yet. Fruitland beat Emmett two to one, so they played up a level and got a two to one win. And McCall Donnelly, meanwhile, uh, beat Lewiston four nothing, and then they tied Coeur d'Alene Charter. So McCall Donnelly 
I mean, based upon the schedule they've put yeah. together, Logan, they think, okay, this is this is the team. They so they they've hosted Lewiston one for nothing. Um, I'm not sure if that was the JVs or the varsity. I gotta double check on that, but either way, that's a five. Yeah, I, yeah. that's yeah. I'm to to go up against Coraline Charter too, who has just yes. been historically very good. Like I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was the varsity that McCall Donnelly was playing. Yes. Uh, so yes, McCall Donnelly is actually uh, right here where I live, Logan. They're up here in North Idaho. They made a little trip. They uh, played yesterday, Coeur Charter, uh, and and tied zero zero. And then today, Wednesday the twenty third, they're at Timberlake, and so they are coming north to play two of the best teams from the north. Yeah. Uh, to try and send an early message. And that's good. Like you would rather play, get an opportunity to play good teams now than have your first shot at some of the best teams in the state at the state tournament, right? You know, you get a good feel of where you're at, where they're at, what, you know, your weaknesses are. You have something to compare to. You can look at numbers and tape all you want, but uh, until there's bodies on the field, you don't know truly how you're going to compare. And this gives them a chance to know what they need to, you know, work on or improve come state tournament time if they get there. Yeah, uh, let's flip to girls soccer and we'll stick at the 3A level where, you know, it was two years ago that Homedale had a team for the very first time in girls soccer, Logan. They played kind of a hybrid JV varsity schedule. They went into districts as the automatic lowest seed, got a win at districts, and that kind of opened my eyes. And I said, they probably were ready for a full varsity schedule. Last year, they played in the conference. Um, They did. They did pretty well. Um, and then this year, they opened the season with a 4 nothing win over Nampa, a 5A program. Now, Nampa is a little different in girls' soccer. They are playing. Uh, so we talk about in football a lot where Caldwell has basically said, we're going to play an independent schedule. You know, we're not going to belong to a conference. We're not going to be eligible for the postseason. Nampa is doing that in girls' soccer where they're playing some 4As, some 3As, a couple of 5As, but for the most part, Nampa's playing an independent schedule to try and um, build their program back up. So for Homedale still, though, a 4 nothing win over Nampa was pretty impressive to start their season. Yeah, it doesn't matter that, like you said, that they're kind of going independent, so to say, for you know the, this season at least. Uh, to beat a school that's probably double your size, right? And uh, a lot more population there in Nampa, obviously. Uh, to beat up 4-0, that's not a one, you know, we we squeaked by. We got one little lucky break. Like, we dominated. And so that's a great way to start if you're Homedale. And that would be a, an awesome story if they're able to make a run and maybe, you know, win district or something like that. You know, it, obviously there's some really good teams in that uh, conference, like Fruitland specifically, who just uh, – ran away from everybody last year. So it, it'll be fun to watch Homedale this season and see how those girls do this season. Yeah, Fruitland uh, lost some players to to graduation, but bring back a lot of talent. The Grizzlies will make their season debut Thursday, August 24th, at home against La Grand Oregon. And then they will play that same Nampa team on Saturday. <clears throat> so I know you love the common opponents. There you go. So, so then you can compare, you know, how teams do. So and it totally matters. It totally <laughs> matters. It's a complete <laughs> indicator of what you can do. <clears throat> Just right. like a couple of years ago in basketball, you could trace Idaho State back to beating Duke in basketball. And they would have <laughs> won. If they play head to head, they would have won. It would have happened. Duke, Duke was Duke was too scared. They were yeah, they, yeah, they were. They didn't want to go play in Pocatello for sure. For sure. Um, so Homedale's got a young team this year, Logan. A lot of a lot of sophomores and even a freshman getting some time on the pitch for the Trojans. Uh in that four-nothing win over Napa, two seniors, two sophomores found the back of the net. Uh the seniors were uh Katie Device and Jacqueline Zavala, and the sophomores were Stephanie Quezada. And Morgan Nicoletti, the head coach of the Trojans, is Shelby Nicoletti. So this is a Homedale team that could be here to stay for the next couple right. of years as well. So we'll keep an and eye on it. Yeah, and this is what I said, too. Like, we we're on our broadcast for the football game. I did the Owyhee game. It just takes time. Like, people, it's – and this is what I wonder about with, like, college sports, right, and the transfer portal, right, all these people – I'm going to play two years at Nevada and then play my final two years at Washington state or something like that. You know, if everybody were to do that, that doesn't give your team 
a lot of gel time. And that, you know, new teams, it's just going to take some time for the, you know, I've been a Homedale soccer player now for three years, not, oh, I've just done it for one year. You know, a lot of those kids, when they get to varsity and a lot of sports, they've played in the program, right, for two years. And then they step in, you know, they've gotten their feet underneath them. They know the program and, and stuff like that. So I wonder if, if, you know, as you go along, will that help Homedale, right? You can throw in good soccer players as a senior, um, which is great. But like, I wonder, you know, having those players that come up in any sport, any new school, anything like that, having the players that come up and get their time in the program, if that helps them out in the long run. And so that you're starting to see that now with home, with that, right. With them getting there. We've been here for a few years now. We've done this. We know what to do. Yeah. It's really fun to watch that, that program continue to grow and, <clears throat> and get even better. That'd be an incredible story um, this year. If they, if they were able to, to get to state um, in girls soccer, let's move up to the four a ranks where uh, we had a four a SIC action last night for the first time. Columbia beats Emmett five nothing. Skyview gets past Ridgeview two to one. Those are your two leaders. Bishop Kelly was supposed to host Caldwell. That game got wiped out due to inclement weather because of Hurricane Hillary. Uh, brought some thunder and lightning and some rain delays, and they just decided to postpone a bunch of matches last night in the Treasure Valley. Uh, let's talk about at the five A level. Uh, G Boise two and zero. Oh. One and zero in league, same <laughs> old, were, same old. Who would also, have thought? Right, also one and zero is Timberline. Um, Timberline is two and one on the season. They lost to Bishop Kelly five to three. I think BK girls, of course, are going to be very good at the four A level. Um, but since then, <laughs> Timberline goes okay. We're not messing around. They have beaten Bora and Capital by a combined score of nine to nothing. So, Jeez, Timberline, yeah. Yeah, there. Uh, Bora is saying, "Hey, thanks a lot, BK. Thanks for waking up Timberline." <laughs> yeah, right. Well, look at. I mean, look at even at Boise, right? Their their two wins. Uh, they beat Rocky one to zero, and then beat Bora two to one. Not like they were going out and, and beating the brakes off anybody. Now you know what? I, I'm probably wrong because a win is a win. All you need to do is win by one point. That's what you need to do. You could win every game by one point all year long and you win a championship, right? But uh, just interesting that they've had closer games than maybe some other teams have had. Yeah, uh, that that matchup with Rocky Mountain, of course, was the game that everybody wanted to see. It was on Saturday. Boise wins one nothing on a goal from senior Sammy Smith. Of course, her older sister, Logan Smith, playing soccer at Stanford. Uh, and I feel like Sammy Smith has been a starter since her freshman year. She also runs cross country, so she is very busy in the fall. Uh, and I feel like she's one of these athletes that's been there forever. But here she is finally in her senior season. She scores the lone goal for Boise in that one nothing win over Rocky Mountain. And of course, pitching a shutout in goal as well. So um, I, right. Rocky's Rocky's going to be just fine. Yeah. Boise, of course, is going to be good. I think this league has the potential this year. I mean, right now, as you look at it, Logan, you've got uh, five teams that are undefeated overall. And if you add in Timberline, who's undefeated in conference play, that's like half the league right there. That's off right. to a good start. Yeah, and it, obviously it gets in, you know, a little messy as the season goes along, but a lot of good teams from what we've seen right now, you know, and we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Even like Middleton sitting at two and zero right now, that's kind of a little bit surprising. Um, but you know, they they made it to state, and when they were a four A team, right, they were always typically a qualifier there. So throw them into the mix now as well. Uh, they've got wins against Eagle and Valley View, so you know they're off to a great start too. Yeah, one uh, set of matches to watch this weekend on both sides of the coin here, I would say. Uh, you've got Boise and Timberline in boys soccer traveling over to play Madison and Highland. They'll be at Madison. They'll play back-to-back -back matches Friday. Then they'll be at Highland on Saturday for back-to-back -back matches. That could give us an early indication of, okay, how does the East stack up with the West um, this year. So those would be the matches uh, that I would keep an eye on this weekend. And we'll recap what happened there in girls so, soccer. Oh, go ahead. Who's playing when at Madison? Sorry. Who's playing when at Madison? So the schedule is Friday at Madison. The first game I believe is Highland and Boise. They're going to play at one o'clock. 
And then Madison and Timberline are going to play at seven o'clock at night under <laughs> the. So light. you know at Madison, right? The field, the foot, there, the soccer field is right on the other side of the football field, and they're going to be having the Rocky Mountain Rumble at the same time. So I can watch. I'm going to be at the Rumble, Brandon. I can watch the soccer game at the same time as the football game. Right? Right. Yeah, let me let me let me double check that time. They I'm at, just gonna because if they're there, I'm I'm gonna double dip. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know <laughs> there, there's gonna be a timeout on the field. I'm gonna cut over to the Boise soccer game on the other field. I mean, you could see it from Madison from up from up top. So yeah, they're playing at seven o'clock at Tim. Oh, at Timberland. Where's Westmark Stadium? Is that in Boise? That's where that's the Hillcrest Stadium. Okay. Isn't that that's Hillcrest? Is that done? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. It's done. Uh, yeah. So so on Madison's website, they've got them at Timberline. That's not correct. I don't think. I don't think they would drive to Timberline and then come back and play on Saturday <laughs> against Boise. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I think no. that I think that matches at Madison. And then Highland was supposed to host the Saturday matches. Their field isn't ready yet, so they're probably playing at Hillcrest as an alternate. Oh, okay. So, so okay, that's what's happening. Oh no, there. well that's interesting. I didn't. I mean, it'll be fun if they're playing a soccer game over there. A big, uh, a big soccer game at the same time as a football game, essentially twenty feet apart. Yeah, I, I guess you'll be our official gauge of whether that match was in whether, Timberline or whether it happened not. or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll be able to see it. I, I don't know who's playing. It's not a Madison football game Friday night Madison plays on Saturday so I don't think it would be that busy you know if it was a Madison home game it would be right packed right but you know it wouldn't be as busy uh if it wanted some other teams especially coming from Utah or California but should be yes. fun right you get the double dip you get to watch both <laughs> definitely <laughs> and then in girls soccer the same thing is happening with Rocky Mountain and uh, Timberline, they're playing Madison and Highland as well. So we will have to see how that all shakes out Friday and Saturday. Also in the Valley, a couple of matchups of undefeated teams, Mountain View at Middleton uh, on Friday, actually on Thursday, they're both undefeated 2-0. and And then you also have on Thursday, another matchup of undefeated teams, um, Hawaii at CUNA, both 2-0 and and girls soccer. So we'll keep an eye on those matches as well. All right, let's get into football, Logan. There was a, a sprinkling of games uh, on the uh, week one uh, football schedule. I think the biggest matchup, of course, was this Eagle Meridian showdown. The top two teams, uh, Meridian picked to win the Foothills division, I think. Eagle picked to win the River division. I can't ever remember which division. Yeah, I think that's correct. <laughs> but I know that they're in opposite divisions, and they were each picked to win their respective division. And this game really lived up to the hype. It was a back-and-forth affair. Eagle gets the win, 36-33. to Davis Harson, new quarterback for Eagle. Uh, his dad, Brian Harson, of course, a former Boise State and Auburn coach, not doing anything except watching his son play. And uh, Eagle says... Yeah, we're glad to have him. Uh, Davis Harson, 7 of 15, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Also ran the ball five times for 68 yards and a touchdown. That is a pretty efficient night. Yeah, no, they, you know, that's what you wanted. Your first game, you always wonder, are you going to, is everybody going to gel, right? And both teams looked good. It lived up to the hype, right? Uh, just a three-point game, which I believe, I mean, obviously we weren't at the game. Uh, but from what I can tell, I think it was really the difference came down to missed PATs and then somebody going for two. Is that, I, I think that's what happened, <laughs> is that's the difference. Eagle went for two late in that game to to make it a, a larger lead, but just some, you know, really there wasn't much that separated them. Um, one thing that stood out to me is Meridian didn't give up a lot of points last year, I felt like. They, you know, the defense was very tough strong, uh, shut out some good teams. Um, and obviously Eagles offense is different, but maybe, maybe that Meridian defense lost a, a few pieces. So just we'll see how they adjust. And, and obviously the offense, you know, looked probably a little bit better, right. than it did in the past as well. You know, the offense puts up 33 points. Great job there from Meridian, but uh, 
maybe a different team. Is it a team that's going to outscore you rather than grind it out to a, you know, a 12 to six victory? I don't know. And, you know, maybe does that script flip this year? Yeah. And for Meridian on offense, more of the same where last year they ran that uh, wing T and had a stable of backs. They have all, almost all of those backs returning this year. Marco Del Rio was the top rusher, 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, but all of them can run the ball, including Zeke Martinez, the quarterback. And so uh, for Meridian, I think they're totally fine. Yeah, maybe they'd like to get a couple more stops defensively, but Eagle can say the same thing. Hey, guys, we gave up 33 points. So um, overall, I thought it was a really entertaining game out of the shoot in week zero. Yeah, and I just – I. It, it is that Meridian missed an extra point and then they went for two to try and make up for it. And so that's how they got their 33. And, you know, it, that's what it came down to even game outside of that Meridian did have a defensive touchdown um, in the game. They had a fumble recovery for a touchdown and that gave them a, you know, a score there. Um, so, you know, really it was that even, right. It came down to just the PATs, but yeah, got to make them right. That's a, it's a key thing to have right you got to make those extra points yeah especially when we get to the playoffs and everything seems to get so much tighter um in the postseason and you get into overtime more it seems like once the postseason arrives um so for eagle after getting the win uh they have a little bye this week and actually yes they have a bye this week and then they'll be back at it next thursday at cuna and that's a game that we'll have for you on idahosports.com. So you'll be able to see Eagle with your very own eyes. Yeah. And, and you know, speaking of CUNA, right, they're a team that had a shutout this week. And people, I mean, you know, we were there. We broadcasted the game. People were impressed with the cavemen. And maybe that's a team to look out for after a week one shutout. Yes, definitely. I uh, Real quick before we dive into the CUNA game uh, for Meridian, they are back at it this week. Doesn't get any easier. It's it's Mountain View in the annual yeah, that's rivalry t- game. Yeah, way to go. Way to start your year. <laughs> yeah, Mount, Mountain View did not play last week, so they've had an extra week of preparation under their belts for Meridian um, there. But yeah, you mentioned it, CUNA uh, playing Centennial in the season opener. Uh, I think people were impressed with CUNA, certainly, and I was. Um, Austin Latimer was our IdahoSports.com player of the game, 152 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, Luke Selto, who's kind of a slot back, you know, he was a big receiver for them last year. He had 102 yards rushing, and I think it was on like, you know, eight or nine carries. It was like a lot of big play yardage for Luke Selto. Um, But I'll tell you, Cuna impressed me, certainly getting the 20 to nothing win. But I also thought Centennial really impressed me because Centennial last year loses that game 40 to nothing, not mm-hmm. 20 to nothing. I think already with new coach Keelan McCaffrey, you can see they're they're going to be a lot better on defense. Right. No, yeah. And that Minico always is good on defense. And so that's going to transfer over. And, you know, maybe you don't have the as many playmakers on offense as you would like, but you can make up for that on the defensive side with, uh, you know, schematics and grit, you know, things like that. And they seem to have done that and stepped that up. And that's, you know, that's a tough CUNA squad, right? And uh, But like you said, kudos to Centennial for, for making a, uh, you know, obviously I don't think they look at that and say, great, we're heading the right direction. We lost 20 to zero. But really, I like you said, Brandon, it, they probably did. Yes. Uh, second straight road game for Centennial this week. They are at Hawaii on Friday night. It'll be the season, uh, or excuse me, the second game of the year for the Storm. And we'll talk about them next here with uh, Jason Burton their first year head coach uh, for uh, CUNA. They are on the road at Skyview, a 4A opponent that started the year 1-0. And so for CUNA, uh, we'll see how they match up there. But let's let's talk about Hawaii. Uh, this was the game you were at, Logan, on IdahoSports.com. They went all the way over to Rexburg to play Madison. The Storm pick up a 24-17 to win. Uh, Madison led 7-3. to and then there was just kind of this deluge of Hawaii points, and then Madison kind of made it a game late. Yeah, you know, and and the game very interesting, right? So a lot of the points in this game were did not come on long, long drives. Not even Hawaii's points. All, they had a pick six. Gage Hawes ran one back for a touchdown. 
There's one of their scores. The other one came off of a fumble that was recovered at the five-yard line. So they had a five-yard drive. And the other touchdown came on a possession where Madison, you know, twice they shanked a punt. I mean, one of them didn't get to the line of scrimmage. The other maybe went five yards, um, but it was like a one-play, 15-yard drive, a, a run in by their quarterback. Um, gosh, Matt, Matt Irwin. Yeah, Irwin. Yeah, I was like, what? And Irwin ran it in on the right side. So there's three of their touchdowns that came virtually off of gifts, and then their field goal, which, by the way, their kicker, uh, Gamet, you know, he's going to – He's going to kick a field goal that matters. That kid can boot it. Um, but they were – their 24 points were – I don't want to say gifted. That's a – I don't think that's the correct term. But their defense got it for the offense. The offense did not have to do much. They did not have to do a lot to win that game. The defense stepped up. The defense did what they needed to do. They forced turnovers. They put Madison in bad situations. And towards the end of the game – Madison went on a long drive to score. Um, that was the first one either team had done. But, you know, how much of that is is why he's saying we've got a comfortable lead. We're just not, you know, we can bend a little bit here. We're just not going to break. And that's exactly what happened. So I think that a he defense, that's something to watch out for right now. Uh, and now they're playing uh, Centennial, right? And that's going to be, I think, uh, another low-scoring game. Three to zero. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if it'll be that low scoring, but it'll be. I mean, it's going to come down. Hawaii made less mistakes than Madison. That that is essentially what they did. I mean, I I tell you what though, they stopped them. Madison was in the red zone a couple of times, and they shut them down. They made sure that Madison didn't score. Um, you know, they held him out of the end zone. Uh, Logan Hostbite had an incredible interception where he. I thought it was going to be a clear Madison touchdown. You know, the ball kind of floated a little bit. And uh, if you're not a basketball player, I don't think you go up and get that interception. And Hosfite went up and got it and came down with it. It was an awesome pick for him. Um, so, yeah, I just, I'm just impressed with the Hawaii defense um, on Friday. Yep, and second year in a row, Hawaii opens the season with a, a tight win over Madison, yeah. which ultimately – you know, kept Madison out of the playoffs last year, got Hawaii in. Anytime the Treasure Valley can get these wins over teams from the north, teams from the yeah. east, that just means They'll better chance it. of getting more teams uh, into True. the uh, postseason. So let's uh, continue on here. I wanted to highlight Bora and Capital. Bora gets a very tight win, 29 to 20. I thought this was a good season opener for Capital and their new head coach um, this season. Um, but for Bora, the story is Trevor McKenna, who uh, is, of course, this great offensive tackle on the O-line, committed to Boise State to be an O-lineman yeah. for the Broncos. And yet, Logan, it's on defense where he shines on Friday night, sets a new Bora high school record <laughs> with six sacks in one game. That's incredible. Six in a game. <laughs> That's I mean, you see a lot of people get 10 a year and they're like, man, that guy's a monster. And he got six in week zero. So he's already padding the stat sheet right now. That's, I mean, that's, that's crazy. A lot. Yeah. yeah and that's this, a lot. This is from an old lineman. Maybe, maybe uh Boise state's reconsidering. <laughs> Andy Avalos is like, uh, maybe, I, maybe I should switch him. <laughs> Which side should you actually be on here? Yeah. Um, also Javon Nelson, uh, who missed last season with a knee injury, um, is back this year and, uh, JQ Kenyon, the Bora head coach talked about it in the preseason. He said, I, I think Javon could do some special things for us. Yet he, he, he rushed for 198 yards and two touchdowns. And he also returned a kickoff 68 yards for a touchdown. Parker rushed in who, <laughs> you know, that was the big question with Bora. Hey, we're losing our school's all-time leading rusher. Parker uh -huh. rushed in. Javon Nelson's like, dude, I, I almost got two hundo in the first game of the year. <laughs> yeah, and and Nelson's kick return, it wasn't like he he went up the sideline and he just uh, found some open grass, right? Uh, he he should have been tackled. I don't know if you've seen the clip of it, Brandon, but he was it was incredible. It was awesome. He was he was hit by three or four people within you know two or three seconds of getting the kickoff. And I think they stopped. I think they thought they had him down and they gave up a little bit and he fought his way out of it. 
and he went right through the middle with it and then pulled away late to, to create that separation. That was one of the best kick returns you'll see all year in the state, and it happened week zero. Yeah, and it really was a backbreaker, I think, for for Capital. Um, for Capital, A.J. Danaha, new quarterback, he threw three touchdowns for the Eagles in the win, and Capital famously missed the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years last year. Um, I think they'll be in the mix to get a playoff spot this year under a new coaching staff there. Let's talk about uh, Rocky Mountain and Middleton, or, or quickly I'll tell you where these teams are headed um, this week for Bora after getting that week one win they are going to host Timberline at Donna Larson Park on Friday uh Timberline did not play uh actually Timberline did play they lost to Boise and we'll talk about that game in just a second um and for Capital this week Capital is at Bishop Kelly it's kind of an interesting 5A 4A matchup as well yeah and and you know last year BK had their way with the 5A SIC teams that they played. Um, and I think, you know, they they deserved it, right? They went to the state championship. They proved that, you know, there wasn't a lot of teams better than them anywhere in the state, regardless of classification. Um, but, you know, capital, uh, like you said, kind of a weird year for them, not making the playoffs, anything like that. So we'll see how they stand against Bishop Kelly. This is, this is always a thing I, I wonder about, right? You mentioned this with, with Mountain View and um, Meridian, right? Meridian plays a game, Mountain View doesn't. Is it better to have gotten that first game out of the way or is it better to have had more practice and more time to get things under your belt? Like what's the trade, right? Did you lose a game because you didn't have that time to prep or does it bode you better in the future because, well, you know what? I got that game out of the way and now I'm ready to go. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, a, I think it all depends on how many newcomers you have versus how many, you know, veterans are returning. And uh, yeah, it is an interesting case study for sure. Uh, let's highlight, you know, we talked about Timberline. Let's mention them quickly. Uh, Boise did defeat Timberline 40 to 28. This was crazy looking. Timberline got out to a 28 to nothing lead. And then Boise scored the next 40 and the game was over. I've never seen that before. Yeah, to go up 28 to 0, you think that uh yeah, I've got this one in the bag and it's a game last year that Boise shut Timberline out. Like uh, we were there for that game and and Boise looked really good and and they shut them out and kind of do the same thing here if you take away the first 28 points, go 40 unanswered. That is it's you don't see that very often to have that many points by both teams scored consecutively. And and have a script flipped like that. That's wild. Yeah. And of course, anytime you're talking about, you know, a comeback of that nature, you need you need some takeaways on defense. Um, but it was Timberline's defense that really was doing the damage against Boise in the early going. Um, four interceptions from two players. Austin Engroff had two for Timberline and uh, Aiden Nixon had two. Nixon took one of them back 45 mm -hmm. yards for a pick six. Um, and so, yeah, this was a wild game. Um, and it, it, it took a long time too. It was one of the last games of the night in the, in the treasure Valley, because obviously there was a lot of, yeah. scored. Um, and you, yeah. you need in a game like that. When you have those, you got to use, if you know, if your team, you know, relies on your defense to get things done, you got to be able to, to take advantage of that. Right. They got defensive scores. They got a great, um, you know, I, I can't think of the word. A uh, they spotted them twenty eight points, right? To you know, the yeah. team said, "All right, here, here's twenty eight points. Let's let's just hold the lead, right?" And and they just couldn't do it. You know, a lot of times, just one defensive score that's going to do. You know, that's going to be a difference for an offense, right? Saying, "Hey." Our defense gave us, you know, some, some points here. We just got to hold on to the ball, things like that, you know, just make sure we get the win. And and they just couldn't do it. And Boise put up a ton of yards too, uh, over 200 yards, both passing and on the ground. Yeah, it's just yeah, crazy. Uh, what a wild game. Uh, Boise will play Ridgeview this week in a 5A, 4A showdown. And we talked about Timberline already. Um, having to uh, get back into it against Bora. Uh, and finally, our final 5A game was Rocky Mountain and Middleton. Um, Middleton gets out to a lead. 
Rocky kind of has a deluge of points. Middleton tries to come back late, but ultimately the Grizzlies get a 31 to 21 victory. Um, each team had a pick six, Logan. Brody Swearhart, a 76 yard pick six for Rocky Mountain. Weston Mills, a 70 yard pick six for Middleton. Yeah, great job. I know Weston personally. So, hey, thumbs up, Weston. That was awesome. <laughs> his mom told me that his head does not fit through the door anymore. If you. <laughs> He's, he's he's living large right now but uh you know and and middleton too they i guess i mean i wasn't there but i know they scored a touchdown to cut it to three got called back for a penalty and weren't able to to get back on the board again so and again middleton last year right they were picked at the bottom of the league and they end up only with losses right outside of the crossover game to cuna they lost to meridian and lost to rocky that was it and, uh, you know, the game against Rocky last year was 21 to zero. And this year, I think they, they have an, they have offense, right? And that was the start last year. They, they struggled, they got shut out there and they got shut out by Meridian. And now they, they put up 21 points. Right. And, and I think that they're also, again, I think people put them down and they're better than what people are going to, ex- than what people thought. I think that they will do well this year. Um, but then Rocky mountain, that was a question, right? They lost a ton to college right a lot of division one players lost from that rocky mountain team Eh, no big deal we'll still go out and put up 31 points and uh and win a game big yeah that was a huge win for rocky mountain there they are one to know gunner thompson uh 195 yards two touchdowns passing uh check out this one receiver jaron akebe i i hope i said that right uh 13 receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. That is the definition of a chain mover right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's so way to go, Jaron Akebe um, for Rocky Mountain. Um, so Middleton uh, will be on IdahoSports.com this Friday night, Logan. Uh, it's our Treasure Valley game night as the Vikings host Nampa. It'll be the season opener for the Bulldogs. These were the two kind of out-of-nowhere success stories last yeah. year, right? Uh, Nampa took second in its division last year. They went seven and three. Um, they lost a lot to graduation and they've got a new head coach in David Sandow. It's going to be really exciting to see how they look in the season opener for Middleton. Of course, Bill Brock's been there for 20 plus years. We, we talked about, um, and how did they rebound after a tight loss against Rocky? That'll be uh, Friday night on IdahoSports.com. Doesn't cost you a nickel to watch it. So that's Nampa at Middleton and for Rocky mountain. They're going up to Coeur d'Alene to uh, play the Vikings in a true road game. Well, all Coeur d'Alene did was beat Rigby on Friday That night. should be a great game. And like you said, Brandon, this could be a huge win for the Treasure Valley in the 5ASIC. I, if you, I know. Teams like Bishop Kelly, people love to not like them, right? And same thing with Rocky, right? We've I've been around here for you know a few years. I don't care. I don't care who you are. If you're a Meridian – your Mountain View, Middleton, you want Rocky to win that game. You you are on your hands and knees begging for Rocky to win that because that is going to explode. Like that's going to help everyone because you're already looking at it. You're already looking at whether it's right or wrong. We're looking at Max Preps and it matters, right? And at those rankings and Coeur beats Rigby, who's going to be good. You know, Rig, you were there, Brandon. And, and so maybe you can tell us more about it, but they're still going to be good. Yeah, they lost to Coeur d'Alene, but they're going to be good. They're going to be a playoff team. That's just who Rigby is. Um, Coeur d'Alene beat them. And I think in the coaches' poll, isn't Coeur d'Alene picked behind Post Falls and Lewiston, if I remember right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but if it's going to have ripple effects, right? If Rocky wins that game, all of a sudden Rocky Mountain brings home a victory over a team that already had a big victory. Like, it's going to help. And then, you know, it's going to help everyone. It helps the entire SIC if Rocky can win that game. And then conversely for the, you know, up north, if if Coeur d'Alene wins that game, they have wins over potentially one of the best teams in the 5A SIC and then potentially the, the best team over in eastern Idaho. All of a sudden now they it, – it's big. It's a big game. Coeur d'Alene is, um, is playing middleman for every conference in the state right now. <laughs> this is the type of game that you want live announcers at. And, uh, yeah, it's to add all this context to the matchup, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be a good game 
for anyone to cover. But uh, we are uh, going to be elsewhere. So Coeur d'Alene, uh, I will say really quickly, that defense is no joke. They got four interceptions against Rigby. Uh, their quarterback is going to D1 Montana. Um, so that's – Oh, no wonder. Got, no wonder. Go figure. <laughs> you know, my brother – my brother was running the camera for me and he looks over and he goes, the Grizz signed this guy. And I said, <laughs> I said, Hey, you got to relax. Like Luke flowers is very good. He, he threw for he, over 3000 yards last year. Um, this that's is just more poor really defense than yes. flower. He is, I mean, state championship quarterback. Like he, that guy's real good. Yes. Uh, Coeur has got two division one players on its defense linebacker, Shea Robertson, who's going to Eastern Washington defensive end Camden DeGraw, who's going to Washington state. So uh, that defense is no joke. And then Carson Spielman running back for Coeur had his way. He was hurt after the third game last year. Um, and if he's healthy for the full season, that makes a big difference, certainly, but that's going to be a really fun game to watch for a, we had Columbia and Skyview both in action against Nevada opponents. Both go 2-0. Skyview gets a very tight 29-26 win over Elko. Elko came to Skyview last year and, and yeah. just blew blew them out. So this is a, a big uh, turnaround and a big difference for Skyview. Uh, new quarterback, Cash Buse. He transferred from Melba to Skyview. Uh, he scored on a two-yard touchdown run with 30 seconds to play. To, to give Skyview the win. So he led the team down the field, two-minute drill. Then he punches it in. Overall, stats we saw a lot at Melba. Nine, nine of 14, 111 yards, three touchdowns, 107 yards, and a touchdown rushing. Um, he could be a difference maker in that entire conference for Skyview. He could. Yeah. I mean, really, outside of Bishop Kelly, it was up for grabs last year. I mean, Emmett's always strong as well, but the bottom, unfortunately, it is what it is. No, no one's saying anything that, you know, not, it's not trying to dog anybody, but the, the bottom of the 4A SIC is, has struggled the last few years. Um, and there's opportunities, right, to be had. And maybe he's a big difference maker in that and pushes them up. And, you know, the SIC has struggled compared to North Idaho and Eastern Idaho in football lately um, at the 4A level, right? Right. Um, Bishop Kelly gets to the state championship and has a real hard time against against Skyline. Um, and I mean, Skyline is just on another level right now. But, uh, yeah. you know, does Cash Buse come in and, and make a difference and at least, you know, give a little more competition here to the league and, and makes things a little more interesting come state tournament time? Um, if, I feel like there's no 4A. If you win a game at the 4A level, you're going to the tournament. You know, you're going to state. There's like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's like 24 4A teams and 16 get in. Like, yeah, it's a lot. It, it's so you know, you never know, right? In 4A, you probably going to state. Uh, I mean, I mean, Skyview famously went like two and seven last year, or three and six, maybe, and got a playoff spot. So, I mean, that's yeah. just, it is what it is. It is. It's just the way the format is right now, and. You know, he right. could make a difference, especially especially in the league. I think he will make a difference to have an athlete like that behind center. It's, it's, it's good for Skyview. Yeah. Meanwhile, Columbia says we've got a pretty good quarterback too. Columbia beats Lowry, Albert H. Lowry high school from Nevada. I don't know who Albert Lowry is, but he's got a school <laughs> named after him. Uh, they, they won 51 to 30 Jared Payne, 161 yards, three touchdowns passing 72 yards and a rushing touchdown on the ground. Um, but he also was the top uh, tackler on defense. He had nine tackles and a sack. So Jared Payne doing it all for Columbia. That was huge. Yeah. And, and you know, there's another athlete, right? We just talked about um, Buse being a, you know, a great piece there for Skyview. Now Columbia has also got one that's playing both ways. And that's just what we need here in the SIC. I think some of these great athletes that team teams can rely on in a, in a tough situation, say, all right, this isn't working. Let's adjust to this. You know, we got a guy that can do both. And having a player like that will be huge for, for Columbia. Definitely. The schedule this week in the 4AS, I see a lot of these we've already talked about. Ridgeview playing Boise Thursday night at Donna Larson Park. Capital is going to go to Bishop Kelly on Friday. Uh, you've also got CUNA traveling to Skyview. Those are the 5A versus 4A matchups. Columbia is going to be at Fruitland, season opener for the Grizzlies under head coach Jordan Gross. That'll be a, a really interesting game to keep an eye on. Yeah. And then we've got uh, some 4A uh, versus 4A matchups. 
Caldwell, we talked about kind of playing this independent schedule. They lost to Payette, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But they're traveling to Canyon Ridge. First game under new coach Juan Alvarado for the Riverhawks over there in Twin Falls. Um, but the two games I'm most intrigued to see, you've got Emmett at Blackfoot. Blackfoot lost a ton to graduation. They were picked dead last in the preseason coaches poll over in East Idaho. Um, Emmett, of course, is expected to be good. So really, I'm using this game to gauge, okay, how how much did Blackfoot really drop off? I know Emmett's going to be good. Um, yeah. But then I think, I think the best non-conference game is Valley View at Twin Falls. Valley View with the new head coach and Bryony Robinson. Um, they've got, uh, you know, it sounded like with Lane Coffin retiring, maybe they were going to get away from the wing T a little bit, but maybe not. Maybe they're going to just keep running the rock. It sounds like, and, uh, twin falls is a big, heavy favorite over in district four. So this will be to me, the game to keep an eye on. Yeah. And Valley view is just a team that causes, I feel like when they play a non-conference game, they cause people problems. I mean, two years ago, they beat Minico in the playoffs last year. They had them on the ropes. And uh, so Valley View is just one of those teams that I feel like they always play up to who they're playing, uh, especially in a, in a situation like this. So it'll be fun to see uh, what they can do under a new coach and um, if they're ready for the challenge. And obviously, if you're an SIC fan, that's a that would be a big win, right? Uh, again, we talked about that with, with Rocky. Uh, but if you go over there and you beat Twin Falls, who's been picked to win the league, and you bring that, that win back, that, again, will help everyone. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's go to the 3A level. There was one game. It was the Kip Crofts Bowl, Logan. Uh, Kip Crofts old team, Payette, versus his new team, Caldwell. Uh, Kip Crofts, of course, has uh, had a long history of turning around programs, including at Payette. You know, he <clears> took a Payette team that went winless for several years and got them uh, you know, to middle of the pack in the league standings the last yeah. couple of seasons. And now he's trying to do the same at Caldwell. Caldwell is playing an independent schedule. They play Payette in the season opener last Saturday. Really tight game. Payette led 14 to 12 at halftime. They end up winning 36 to 30. The game was kind of herky-jerky. There was two lightning delays where they had to stop play, and so it's hard to kind of get a rhythm. But yeah. um, I think for both teams, this was pretty encouraging stuff um, for Caldwell that they hung close in a tight competitive game and for Payette to, to get the first win under new coach, Kurt Taylor. Yeah. To put up a bunch of points too. And I mean, even Brandon, you talked about Payette. They didn't even have a team a couple years ago. They, yeah. they didn't even field a team and to be where they're at now. That's, that's awesome. And, but to both teams, their offenses to put up that many points. Uh, it's encouraging. I think that's the word to, to come out of the, this game is it, it's encouraging for both sides because Nobody wants to see Caldwell continue to be where they're at. It, it's only good for everybody if Caldwell can get, you know, be competitive again, and it would be great for everyone. So good for Caldwell, good for Payette. Um, it's good for everyone, I think, to see a close game and a high-scoring game for both sides. Definitely. Uh, Payette will now host <clears throat> New Plymouth this Friday. Uh, New Plymouth making their season debut, the 2A Pilgrims, under new coach Tony Cade. We'll see how that goes. Other games on the schedule. Uh, McCall Donnelly is going to host Wood River. Wood River's 1-0. They got a tight win over South Fremont. Um, you've got Weezer at Buell. That, to me, is the, the creme de la creme matchup. Yeah. We, talked to, we talked about Fruitland hosting Columbia. You've also got Filer at Homedale and Parma hosting Cole Valley Christian, who we'll talk about here in a second. But to me, it's it's Weezer and Buell. This was a playoff matchup um, a year ago. and Or was it a regular season matchup a year ago? It was, reg it was week one. Yeah. Um, yeah, week one of the regular season. We were there for it. And Buell, I mean, it... Weezer won, but Buell was not, I mean, they were in it, right? They were, they hung around, they, they were there. Um, and, and Buell probably has gotten obviously better. And I think maybe they're maybe a lot of people are high on Buell. I think maybe they're taking that, that next step. And, you know, Kimberly has been the one in that league the last year or so. Uh, but maybe, maybe Buell can make that step. Yeah, so Buell lost that game last year 24 to nothing, and then they didn't lose again in the regular season. They actually won the conference last year, Buell did, and got to the quarterfinals, almost to the semifinals and, of the playoffs. So, And that was a deceiving 24 to zero. Like, right. I, like I said, I mean, I think it was seven to zero at half. Like, it wasn't as bad as the score looked. Like, I remember walking away thinking, that's not a bad Buell team. 
Um, it's hard to see that on paper, right? 24 nothing, but um, just like we talked about with Centennial, right? They lost 20 0, but it, it's a di- you know, sometimes it's a different feel. Yep, definitely. So season opener for both of those teams. Weezer at Buell, I would say, is the 3A game of the week to keep an eye on. 2A, we had Cole Valley Christian in action against Wendell. Uh, they hosted Wendell at Owyhee uh, while their new school is being constructed. Cole Valley is going to play their home games at Owyhee this year. Uh, Wendell gets the 28-14 to 14 win. I think Cole Valley Christian, they lost so much to graduation, and I think they are kind of undergoing – um, an offensive shift where they've kind of been a sling, sling the ball around yep. team the past couple of years to this year. I think they're really going to be focused on running the rock and trying to play tight defense. Um, but in this league, Cole Valley Christian was picked uh, behind Napa Christian. Um, and then there's still Melba. I think that's in the mix as well. So the league as yeah. a whole may be down a little bit, but I compared to statewide, but I think at the top, you're still going to see really good competition between Napa Christian, Coal Valley Christian, Melba, and even New Plymouth could be a wild card in this thing. Yeah, and Napa Christian, you know, they have a great gauge stick game, right, to open their yeah. season against Declo, right? And Declo has been a traditional power in two way, not over the last three or four years, but you know, they they were it was them it's them and Westside like for the past ten years up until you know it was one of those two was winning a state championship, um, and you know, they, they're still a good team. They're a great program that Declo has. And so Nampa Christian's going to get a good opportunity to open things up against a good Declo team. Yes, that is the game of the week. Certainly Nampa Christian at Declo. We talked about Cold Valley is going to play Parma. It's the season opener for the Panthers. They've got a new coach, Jerome Bell. Um, a lot of experience in a lot of different places. I, I really want to see Parma, you know, climb and get, get on that trajectory. Right. Um, you know, Shea McClellan's going to beat me up if I don't mention Marcin. Uh, Marcin, of course, uh, last year uh, played at Orofino in their season opener, got a win, um, and then kind of struggled the rest of the way with youth and injuries and that sort of thing. They're hosting Orofino in their season opener this Friday. Good chance for the Huskies to start 1-0 once again under Coach Shea McClellan. We talked about New Plymouth and Payette, and then Melba making the long road trip all the way over to Salmon. I think Melba knows, hey, we're probably going to have to hit the road at some point in the playoffs. We might as well get used to what a long trip looks like. And we're going to go over to Salmon. Uh, Melba should get a win there, though, for sure. So let's talk about eight-man football. Uh, we had one game. It was a 1A D1 versus a 1A D2. Horseshoe Bend defeats Wilder 52-8. to Now, this final score is a little deceptive because Wilder's starting quarterback got injured pretty early on in the contest. Um, and in eight man football, I mean, you lose your quarterback and you've got to shift four different guys to four different positions to yeah. account for the loss. So, um, it was, it was really hard, um, for Wilder, you know, Will Henneke, um, our co-host on the Idaho eight man prep cast, uh, actually went to that game. Um, so Wilder's, he says Wilder's starting quarterback won't play for another couple of weeks. Knee injury from last year. Okay, so he wasn't even in the game. I misread that. Um, and then they lost one of their top athletes to an injury about two minutes into the game. Yeah. So it just you can't afford that. Like he, most eight man teams, I mean, some of them are just dominant and they're gonna have you know fifteen different athletes and all that, but. You know, a lot of teams have two guys that do a bulk of the offense. And if you don't have one or both of them, it, you know, that's 25% of your guys on the field. Uh, they're, you know, with less players, uh, it, it's a bigger hit in eight man. Yeah. Um, so they lost. Uh, so, so uh, Gephardt is the starting quarterback, uh, Kyvin Gephardt. He's a junior. Uh, he did not play in the game. And then they lost Isaac Rodriguez, who plays quarterback, running back, DB, uh, two minutes into the contest for Wilder. That's a tough blow. They've got a new coach this year in Jeremy Bailey. Um, he has been at Wilder the past couple of years, just kind of uh, teaching and coaching. And he uh, coached the pole vaulters at BYU at one point in his life, Logan. So this wow. is a high caliber coach that Wilder's got. Um, for Horseshoe Bend, I mean, Man, they looked good. I watched this game on film a little bit, and Carson Drake threw four touchdown passes to Kalen Jones, 57, 53, 50, and then a 21-yarder. I mean, that's just impressive. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and then, you know, they're going through a transition, right? They had uh, Meyer as their quarterback forever, and so now they're they're taking a shift, um, and it seems like they haven't uh, skipped a beat. I mean, that's uh, to put up that many points first week of the year uh, against Wilder, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yep. Uh, so the eight-man schedule this week looks like this. Idaho City at Cascade, season opener for both of those teams. You've got Raft River traveling over to Tri-Valley. That's going to be an intriguing one. A lot mm-hmm. of coaches are high on Tri-Valley this year. They've got the reigning 100-meter dash champion uh, lining up in the backfield, Clayton Harper, for Tri-Valley. He won the 100 at State last year. You've got Rimrock at Glens Ferry. Um, and then if we look at what's going on with the 182s, You've got um, Garden Valley at Dietrich, I think is going to be a really fun game. Horseshoe yeah. Bend started 1-0. They're hosting Hagerman. Uh, Salmon River is at Lewis County as well. And then two games for you on IdahoSports.com, Logan. The first one is uh, 1A D1 matchup. Notice traveling to Clearwater Valley. Uh, this is a game that I will be on the call for Friday night, Logan. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Notice is kind of the the league favorite from district three, even Mm -hmm. with a couple of injuries, Clearwater Valley took second last year and nearly won the white pine league. This could be like a, you know, top five showdown. Yeah. And I think they played last year, um, down in notice. And so now notice making the trip up there, that one should be a, a great matchup. Um, notice lost a couple of guys to graduation. So, Again, it's always who's going to step in and, and fill those shoes and, and who's going to step up. You know, obviously, they've been able to just plug in new athletes and it hasn't been a problem for notice. So we'll see who the maybe those new faces are um, with, you know, uh, Woodland out of there and, and not there anymore. Yeah, it's going to be uh, they still have Benny Guevara to quarterback the offense um, for notice. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup. We also have an IdahoSports.com council traveling into the Tigers den to play Kendrick um, on IdahoSports.com council. Of course, won the long pin conference last year. They got to the quarterfinals, Logan, and this was a crazy game with Castle Ford last year uh, in the quarterfinals. It was played in council and it was just a snowstorm. Snow, there was like yeah. a foot of snow on the ground. Castle Ford won six, nothing. Basically um, there was a, a botched handoff. Uh, and I say botched, I mean, in, in the, in the weather, uh, they, they missed the handoff and fumbled castle Ford recovered like right near the goal line, punched it in for a six, nothing win. And that was it. Council season was over. Yeah. I know they're very motivated to, um, do well again this year and, uh, no better way than to open against the juggernaut. That is Kendrick, the two time defending one AD two champs. And I think that's who they would have played <clears throat> in the next round. It would have been Kendrick. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, that Castle Ford went up and played them in Lewiston. But, um, yeah, there's no better um, measuring stick than Kendrick, and uh, that is just a juggernaut, right? They have just – they had young guys a couple of years ago, and that was their key. You know, that was their, you know, glue, and they are very good, and they just got better, and those guys are still there, and it's going to be tough for council, but – a great way to start off your year going up and playing Kendrick. They, if you lose it, nobody blames you. If you play well and you still lose, people are like, whoa, not bad. I don't think anybody is going to say, man, something's wrong with council if they, you know, if they struggle in this game because Kendrick is just that good. Yeah, it'll be a really fun game. That will also be on IdahoSports.com. Volleyball starts this week, Logan. Um, we did a season preview prep cast I did with uh, Lindsay Togiai Afuk. She's kind of our volleyball analyst. She'll be back with every week this fall with her uh, weekly column, Keeping Up With The Kill, kind of keeping you up to date on what's going on in the volleyball scene. Uh, we did a, a long preview yesterday where we talked about 5A all the way down to 1A D2. Um, you can check that out on the IdahoSports.com YouTube t- YouTube channel, Facebook page. It's also in the podcast feed for the Treasure Valley PrepCast. You should definitely give it a listen for all your volleyball content. Um, this weekend, two big tournaments. You've got the Peg Peterson uh, invitational, of course, that Highland High School and Pocatello hosts every year. It's one of the biggest regular season yeah. meets. Centennial has been there the past couple of years. There's going to be a few teams from 
from the Valley traveling over. And then locally, the CUNA Classic, classic with a K, of course. The CUNA Classic um, will host, uh, you know, eight to ten local teams. Maybe an Oregon team comes over. This was the tournament last year, Logan, where Horseshoe Bend defeated Boise High. 1A, D2, beating a 5A. Yeah, that's the ultimate David and Goliath, right? To have a school that small beat Boise, I think, is second or third biggest in the state in terms of uh, school population. I I think Mountain View is the the highest. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, a great win last year. So uh, fun stories for sure to come out of some of these tournaments, um, just like they did last year. Yep. For volleyball, I think you can pretty much mark it down. Two state championships, at least, coming back to the Treasure Valley with Skyview at the 4A level, Horseshoe yeah. Bend at the 1A D2. They are just head and shoulders above everybody else. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, be back with more great volleyball and other content next week. Oh, we ran long again. So, so moving forward on the show, there's so <laughs> much to cover. I yeah. think. You know, we we really d- dove into every football matchup. Yeah, we did. We're just it's we- different week zero. There's just so few that you. Yeah. You, next week there's like everybody's playing, and so uh, if we don't talk about your team, don't take it personal, please. Yes, <laughs> I mean we would be here for four hours. So we yeah. next week I promise the show will be a little on the shorter side, definitely, uh, and we will just kind of really quickly hit the big stories. But if there is something you want us to specifically talk about, like. Bishop Kelly Caldwell boy soccer, send us an email, Brandon at IdahoSports.com, Logan at IdahoSports.com. And we would be glad to spend a little time deep diving into the topic yeah. you want us to cover. So yeah. Okay. Logan, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, yeah. Should be another fun week. We've got a ton of broadcasts this weekend. So if you can't find something to watch, that's your fault. Um, <laughs> there are like, 10 broadcasts i think on friday and then three on saturday or more there's a there's a lot of broadcasts this weekend to watch yep it's all uh on the game streams tab across the top of the homepage at idahosports.com all right for logan green i'm brandon bainey thanks for tuning into the treasure valley prepcast on idahosports.com